Hey, Sarah, I am very excited about this week's guest on our podcast. Uh, so the first time I actually met her in person was in Kona a couple of years ago, two days after the race. My brain was totally fried. I think I'd slept maybe four hours completely in those two nights. I show up and knock on the door and this cheeky Aussie opens. We have the world's greatest, this, okay, I can't say it's the greatest podcast, second to this one, of course. Obviously. But we got, like, we had, we had never met before. We went through these emotional highs and lows where we're laughing, we get giddy, there are tears, there's a dead dog story. I mean, we went through everything. Like, I introduced the, the concept of the maple donkey to the world. Uh, but it was, it was a mind, uh, honestly, podcasts can feel like a chore. This was like, I walked away with somebody that I wanted to be friends with the rest of my life. And she, on her side, had brought home, brought, come to Kona with, I think, a two-month-old baby and totally rocked the whole thing. So our guests, our, 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 our guests, our listeners get the privilege of listening to one of my favorite people, Steph Hansen, uh, the chief of wits up this week. Hi, what an introduction. What's it? Building <laughs> things up so you can deliver. No pressure, Steph. I work best under pressure and I've never felt more under pressure than opening that door. That one day in Kona, Sarah True <laughs> walked through the door and I too had had pretty much zero sleep with an eight, uh, eight week old. Um, it, I gotta be honest, it is still one of my favorite, not just one of my favorite episodes I've recorded, but just one of my favorite chats. It was so much ridiculousness, so much, um, heartfelt heartwarmingness. Um, I don't know, like, it, yeah, it was, it was a, an amazing chat. And taxidermy came up. Like, what the heck? <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. There's a strong animal string, mm. like always through every conversation with Sarah. I don't know how it ended up in taxidermy. Now I want to listen. We're, let's put that in our show notes, okay? So For sure. You send us that. Yeah, like, no worries. Yeah. You definitely okay. should. Yeah. And I think the beauty of it is... Um, you don't need you don't need to know who Sarah is. Like you just need to anyone could listen to that and know nothing about triathlon. Know, you know, know nothing about uh, Sarah's amazing career. Just listen to it. It's um, yeah. I my recommendation is get Sarah uh, two days after the world's toughest uh, <laughs> iron distance event, uh, and I think you had like a a jug of coffee. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Because I came in totally exhausted, but then you can see the curve, like mm. as I get, you know, more and more caffeinated over the course of the podcast. Oh, Sarah, we should do a caffeinated podcast sometime. That could be Ooh, fun. Let's scary. do it. It's a little late at night for me here, but at some point. So of, of me drinking more coffee than I already do is, is frightening. Maybe we should do a drunk podcast instead. That's totally. Not your jam. Yeah? Do you, want, do you want me to come to that too? Yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, that means it's, you'd have to be, it's what, 10 a.m. there? You'd have to be drunk at 10 a.m. Look, the Tassie blood, that's where I'm from, from you know, it, it, it runs strong in these veins. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm putting, I'm putting it on the list for this fall. You're Perfect. 
Awesome. Okay, coming up on our show, we are going to talk about why we rock, updates from Steph's second quarantine, yikes, origin stories, managing a media company during a global pandemic, and what we're looking forward to. Hey friends, it's Sarah here, founder of Live Feisty Media, and I have some fun news for you. Over the last three months, the Feisty team has been working to increase the world's collective feistiness, and we need your help. On August 21st, the Feisty team is having its official launch and opening to new members. This is your chance to join the feistiest team in endurance sport and stay motivated through this canceled race season. At the Feisty team, our goal is to help all of our members become the feistiest versions of themselves, not just in sport, but in all areas of our lives. To connect our team members, help them feel empowered to build feistiness in others, and to work together to create social change in our sport. This is a safe place for you to be unapologetically yourself. And by embracing your own unique kind of feisty, we can create a shift to greater overall feistiness in the sports we love. So, we only open for six days from August 21st to 26th. You can sign up for the feisty team so you can stay feisty with us. And our regular listeners will know that if we were riding and all things feisty is proudly partnered with Orca Sportswear. For 15% off all items on orca.com, please use the code livefeisty15. And that includes the wetsuits. So good deals all around. I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. So Steph, we have this little segment we do on our show. Sometimes we do segments and like we never come back to them. We just introduce a new segment and then we forget about it. But this one that's like seen some longevity is I rock because and people will send us voicemails often, which we have one to play in a minute, but we want to play with you. So um, if you could please finish a sentence, I rock because. Ooh, I rock because I... I went above and beyond for my daughter, Frankie Flo's second birthday. Um, I'm pretty proud of our efforts. I was, I was, I was hyper, hyper aware of the fact that we're in lockdown here in Melbourne. And while she won't remember, I will, I will have those memories of not being able to do much with her on her second birthday. So I, I wanted her, but also, our family um, to look back at those photos and those memories and um, a lockdown not even being a part of it. So we built a cubby house for her that the grandparents all chipped in on. Um, I actually filmed the building of it and got progressively, this is so irresponsible, but progressively drunker as I built the cubby. Um, because I, I miss entertaining people. Like that's that's my energy is getting reactions from people. So I decided to film it as I went on Instagram stories and 
everybody who follows me is a bad influence on me. I, I'm saying, cause they kept encouraging me to be an idiot, but we built the cubby house. And then I made a boat out of stuff around the house and I turned our house into a jungle. So when she woke up from her nap, um, she was in the boat and she went down the river, which was like streamers and all these balloons through the, down the hallway. And then I got every single one of her toys and put it in the lounge room and made trees and jungle noises. And we had a jungle adventure because she too is obsessed with animals. So um, it, was, it was such a fun day, but I was so exhausted by the end of the day. I have to say it was really fun to follow on social media. Um, so you gave those of us who followed a lot of joy too, because Aww. I don't have anybody building me, you know, a jungle in my living room and <laughs> I lived vicariously through a two-year-old, you know, no judgment there. <laughs> One day I will build you a jungle. <laughs> don't say it because I'm going to hold you to it. There's so many promises being made on this podcast yeah. right now. <laughs> What you got to actually... get your listeners to to keep us to it. Definitely. And they yeah. will. And they will. Yeah. What I'm hearing right now is like, how, how do you have time for all of these things? Like you're running, like you're running Wits Up, which is, which must be a major commitment right now. It's online. So you probably have still been like full speed ahead during COVID, I'm assuming. And then, and like you're building massive structures in your yard for your daughter. I mean, how, how do you do it? Uh, um... It, it, good question because I don't actually know, but I think one of the biggest things that I've learned, but I keep stuffing it up. Oh, by the way, what's the rules with swearing on this podcast? Because I, I don't have a great filter. We have the little E like beside it on iTunes. Oh, gotcha. Explicit. Yeah. So you were good. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So I have fucked up that many times in doing too much work and then, you know, falling into a bit of a hole. And can I just give a bit of a shout out to, our good friend, Sarah True, who has been one of the people who consistently checks in on me to make sure I'm doing okay. So thank you. It means more to me than you'll ever know. Um, but I'm really trying to, because, you know, when you work at home and I'm not off running around the, the globe and doing all the things I normally do, I just, I sit in front of the computer and just keep working because it's just there. Um, but I'm missing out on so much with, Frankie. So basically Brett hasn't been at work. So he's pretty much gone full-time work looking after Frankie and I've gone full-time trying to figure out how to make a living for our family. Um, but it, like, it was just making me quite depressed because I just, you know, went from full-time Frankie to barely seeing her, even though she's in the room next to me. So I'm really trying to schedule time to make sure I'm not doing too much work. Um, which is hard and I do keep stuffing it up. Um, but I feel like, you know what it's like in once triathlon is up and running, there's just always something going on. Like you're just so busy working mm -hmm. right now is the opportunity that we've got to slow down a little bit. And I have to constantly remind myself cause I do stuff it up. Um, that didn't really answer your question. Um, but I, I'm certainly not getting it right. <laughs> I'm trying. So, what, what, Sarah, really, if you took all of your TikTok time <laughs> and like rehearsals and like research and replaced with other things, I mean, you're asking where to find more time. It's right hmm. there. It's right there in front That's of such you. an obvious answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you do TikTok stuff? I do not. Okay. I do not. You will lose all of your time with Frankie if you do it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> 
Because apparently it's a very addictive thing. I I also include my daughter in my TikToks. So that's, that's true. That's, that's true. how I find balance is I make her do work for me. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you know what though? One of the things that I've started doing, we, it's not TikTok, but it's, um, I decided that I, I wanted to work with Frankie more, like do some more stuff. And I started the A to Z. It was meant to be the A to Z series of lockdown. This is when we first started and there was 26 days left of our, the first part of our lockdown. Oh. Um, so I started it and I got up to, G, uh, G, I think, EFG. Yep. Um, and then we got told we're going into a tougher lockdown and I just kind of lost all motivation, but it was, yeah. I was going to say that, but then that sounds <laughs> like way too depressive, but yeah. Um, so, but by doing it, I, we were spending a lot more time as a little family because we would make the effort to do specific things. Um, and then I was upskilling with my videography and editing and stuff. So it all, while I wasn't doing work, um, I was still upskilling a little bit, but really enjoying and becoming a little bit more creative. Because uh, I guess being locked in your house, it's, it's, it's hard to find that creativity. So that was really, that's been working well for me. And I need to start it up again, for sure. Yeah, you you left us hanging. Yeah, like, click, I know click I I know that the alphabet continues. Like <laughs> you guys do different things in Australia, but it's not that different. <laughs> we only go to G in Australia. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Just figure out the rest. Come on. <laughs> oh goodness. Uh, so Sarah, why do you rock? You you never answer oh, for yourself. Oh, do we, do we still have to do this? Because I wasn't prepared. Oh, um, I can tell you why I rock. Okay, you you. Okay, Go. I rock because right now I am talking to like the Ted Turner and Rupert Murdoch of triathlon media, except they're way cooler and way better looking and younger, <laughs> and not evil. <laughs> you can decide who's Rupert and who's Ted. <laughs> Oh, good. So many awesome choices there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, but seriously, I, what I love is that, um, you know, ours is a pretty small world, but there, you know, we, we talked about shine theory a couple of weeks ago on this podcast. Um, you know, just be thinking of others as being collaborators instead of competitors. Mm. And I love the fact that, you know, you two, like your businesses might overlap potentially, but there's n never been that feeling for, you know, as somebody stuck in the middle here. <laughs> <laughs> I oh sense God. no jealousy. <laughs> I've always been like such a huge fan of Steph. Although I want to call, I want to call foul on, on your I rock because, because you can't say I rock because <gasps> of us. Like that's not. The, yeah, no, I made this you. happen. I made this happen. <laughs> that's a lot of coattail hanging, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Coattail riding. Yeah, coattail riding. Yeah, it's not allowed in I rock because. <laughs> uh, I rock because I just made a dinner that cleared up most of our produce drawer. And I'm pretty proud of that. Okay. Yeah. It's impressive. I do not cook, so good job. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna go. Okay, I rock because I'm gonna go with um, because I had a moment earlier with my daughter, who's now nine, going on twenty, um, and she was with she was playing a game on on online with a friend of hers, and I heard them. I heard the one friend say to her, "You do you, boo," 
which I thought was hilarious. So like that like tweaked my attention because I'm like, I want to use this somewhere. Um, and then what, what Rosie said to her was, and they were playing the game. So the, the girl she was playing with was better than her at the game. And she said, you go ahead because you're better than me. Like letting her go on in the game. And whenever I see like my daughter, even a small like act of kindness, because when you have kids, like you recognize, like they're, they're still very self-centered for a very long time and it, it does get old. <laughs> so when <laughs> I see her like doing random acts of kindness and stuff like that, I often, I feel like, okay, I'm doing something right. So yeah. Yeah. That's, my that, that's awesome. I like that. Mm-hmm. You do you, boo. Well done. I'm, I'm going to use that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. I better get one of those at some point. <laughs> if you don't call me boo, by the end of the summer, I'm going to be very disappointed. Okay, I'll sneak it in later. <laughs> sneak it in later. So, Sarah, you you want to talk about origin stories? I am actually. Yeah. It's been so long. Like, Steph, I know that, like, back in the day, we probably talked about your origin story for Wits Up. Like, I just, I forget so many of the details. So, I'm I'm curious about this, too. It's so funny, because, and I'm sure you guys are the same. I feel like I've told this story so many times that surely it's boring, but obviously your listeners probably haven't heard it. So I hope that it's not boring, <laughs> but to try and like, I, I'm the worst at saying long story short, if I say that guaranteed, it's still going to be long. And I apologize, cut me off if it ends up being too long. But so I was, I like everybody who gets into triathlon, I feel head over heels. So I started as an athlete um, and then um, started coaching a little bit. And then through a friend of a friend, they, someone did an age group profile story on me because I had a bad back and I was told I'd never run again, blah, 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 sob story, profile in a magazine. Then the editor said, oh, I like, I like the way that you write. I was a personal trainer at the time. Would you be interested in writing some strength and conditioning articles? So I started doing that. And then, of course, because I need to do all of the things all at once, I just started doing more writing, uh, uh, reporting from races, and then started interviewing people. Uh, and then I'd interviewed Caroline Stephan, and who, like, I've just, I've just always been a massive fan of hers. I love, you know, she's Xena. Like, I just, she's so stoic the way she races, and I've gotten to know her over the time, over many years we've become really good friends and she's such a softy kind person behind the scenes but is just such a warrior on the race course I just I love I love her style of racing um and so I innocently said to the boss at the magazine after I'd done this amazing um article with her, a feature article and I said oh why why is she not on the cover why don't we have very many women on the cover of the magazine and True story, it wasn't a loaded question. It was such an innocent question. But the response I got was such a loaded response that that's where Wits Up eventually formed. So he said to me, oh, women don't sell magazines. And it just, it lit a fire in my belly that I had no idea existed because I had personally had never felt um, any kind of inequality as a, as a woman. I just, you know, I grew up with two brothers. I'm a massive tomboy. I, if I wanted to do something, I'd just go and do it. Like I never felt anything like that. And that was the moment that I felt that there, there was inequalities. And I essentially wanted other people to feel like I did in terms of like, I didn't want anyone. Yeah. I just didn't want anyone to feel not as equal as their male counterpart. 
Um, and anyway, so yeah, we'd, I, I remember having a barbecue at a mate's place and all these ideas had been bubbling up and I was also a commentator as well. And I just was like, I'm doing all these things. I don't know where it's leading, but what do you think of this idea? And they, like, I pretty much just got a round of applause. Everyone just stood up essentially and went, that's what you need to do. And I launched Wits Up with the, the original goal was to provide a platform for women in the sport um, and, and boost their profiles. But after we ran a focus group before we launched, we, I also realized that it was also going to be about getting more women involved in the sport that, that I loved so much um, and creating a community. Um, so that all sort of meshed together. Um, yeah. And then we launched uh, two days after the inaugural Ironman Melbourne. And I had a part, we had an actual, like there was a hundred people at this party. I invited all the, you know, sports journos, professional athletes, um, members of the triathlon community. And we hosted it at our mate's place. Um, and I, uh, we had ambassadors like Belinda Granger, Beck Keat were ambassadors. So they were there as well. Um, and Caroline Stefan had won and had just, I think at that time she just recorded the third fastest iron distance um, ever behind Chrissy. And I, I just said to her, look, this is what I'm doing. Is there any chance you might come along? And she said, oh, look, I've got a photo shoot, blah, blah, blah. And that, this is actually making my heart race right now, just remembering all these bits and pieces as I talk about it. I told you to be long, um, but then she rocked up. I didn't think she'd be able to make it and she turned up and I just remember her saying, and that's maybe why I've got such a soft spot for Caroline is she's like, I want to be involved in what you're doing. And like, I'd literally told her the day after she'd won and she rocked up. And I remember saying to her there as well, would you mind coming up on stage and just doing a little chat? And she's like, no, of course. And as she came out of the crowd of a hundred people, everyone did the, you know, when you put your hands um, in a line, and you know, you make it create a tunnel. Everyone did that. And Caroline Stefan basically crawled under that, that tunnel because everyone was like, this woman's an amazing, amazing. And I was like, yes, this is, this is why I'm going to do this stuff. And we launched and it was awesome. And yeah, I wore a dress, who knew? <laughs> <laughs> What's been impressive to see is the, the number of skills that you've, you've picked up and developed in order to be able to deliver, you know, the what's up package. Like, can, can you talk about that a little bit? I mean, I think that's pretty interesting to people. Like, um, what was your background in photo and video? Like, you do a lot of that. I mean, and just for like, for context, yeah. for anyone who, who d is not familiar with what's up, like, check it out. Does the most <laughs> yeah, first of all, go there. Yeah. <laughs> this is the most amazing photography and videography. And as we already talked about, like that you're such a natural staff at that skill of interviewing people and talking to people really naturally. Um, so like your skill set is so, so strong for this. But sorry, back to Sarah's question about yeah. like, developing the skills. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. Um yeah, I had zero photography skills when I launched. Um I I had zero um, skills in terms of web designing websites. So I, I had to get someone else to design it and I guess teach me how to work online. Um, and then I quickly learned that I wouldn't be able to pay for photos. And I learned some pretty valuable lessons early on. Um, the whole concept of 
well, if I can use your photo, I give you credit um, and you get exposure. No, learnt that very early on when I, um, uh, a photographer who you would know by the name of Paul Phillips mm-hmm. absolutely called me out on it. And great lesson learned very early on. Um, and it's something that I still am fighting today with when my photos get stolen um, and without credit and all that. I mean, that's a whole other story. Um, and that's something that we've like, that you've helped me with too, when we first yeah, yes. women and we've had those conversations and like, I know I always appreciated like, because we were new in Kona and we're mm. like, representing Iron Women podcast and like, and you, you came to me and said like, Hey Sarah, you can't do this. Like in terms of using some of the photos we had used and like no one else is saying anything. Right. So like if, if someone's pissed at you and they don't say anything, you're just going to be in their bad books forever. Like, so I think totally. you really helped um, us too to become um, established as well in that space and I always I always appreciated that that's so that is amazing feedback as well because I was really nervous saying something to you um, yeah because yeah, I just I didn't want to because you were I think it was like your first first year in Kona maybe year. yeah I remember how we were making decisions about the content and stuff and we had just launched our Instagram page I remember. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I just, I, yeah, I didn't want to, because obviously we do cross over in many different spaces and I just didn't want it to come across the wrong way. And I was like, oh, but if I don't say something, you, you just won't know. And so I'm, gl- I'm really glad that it came across the right way, the way it was intended, because they, they can be hard conversations to have. Um, yeah, that's for sure. But I don't know, like if you don't educate people how and I'm certainly not an expert, but it's all the stuff that I've learned and hopefully that saved you you know, months and months of, you know, potentially pissing people off because yeah. I was no doubt doing it when I first started. Um, yeah. And I still make mistakes and, you know, um, but yeah, anyway, so I, I essentially learned that I needed to upskill pretty quickly. Otherwise I wouldn't have any um, imagery for, for the website and photos, you know, do tell a thousand words. And, you know, if you don't have good imagery, it, um, yeah, it's no, it's, it's no good. So I just learned, and it's, a lot of people have asked how, how do you, how do you get better at it? And my, my only answer is you, you just have to take photos. I've taken, you should see my, the reason I've got, you should see behind the scenes here. I've got that many external hard drives because they're all full of video and um, photos and it's such a process. And this is what people don't understand when it comes to now I'm going on a rant when it comes to photos, it's not that I just sat there and went click. All right, cool. There's a photo. I sat there all day on a lava rock in Kona, took a photo, but then there was probably five out of 5,000 other photos I took that day, then had to go home, go through them all, delete half of them because they're rubbish. And like, it's such a long process. Mm. Um, And that's all part of learning photography as well, is that it isn't just what you see through the viewfinder. It's the process, the editing afterwards. It's, like there's so much involved in it and I'm still learning every day, which is why I love, I, and I take a stupid amount of photos of Frankie and Henry, the dog, um, because they're teaching me to be more creative and, and view the world differently. And I, I love, I love learning that. I think what, like what I'm hearing and what's, what's really fun is to hear it <laughs> from your side too, like where like those days, like those long days in Kona launching a thing, 
<laughs> right? Like oh, yeah. I remember you like before I had anything to do with media, whatever. Like I just remember you out there like working so, so hard and like coming home, like going through the, like going through doing editing all those videos for every single woman pro. Like I just, I really remember it. Um, and honestly, it's like inspiring too. Like we, we had a different, we took a different approach when we were in Kona, but like, it's the same 16 hour days. We're just doing different mm. stuff and playing to our strengths. But like, I really appreciate how hard and how it's a very unique person who can actually work that hard when, when it's needed and perhaps Thank fall you. off cliffs too. <laughs> sometimes. Wait, what? <laughs> Did no, I fall no, off a cliff? Not actual cliffs. Oh, oh. yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 just like I've jumped off cliffs in Kona. Oh, okay. um, yeah, I've not yet fallen off. I've injured myself a lot doing stupid shit when it comes to trying to get the right angle. And and can I just? I need to say I like. There's so many photographers out there who who are so incredible. I, I still struggle to call myself a professional photographer because I still kind of compare myself to the others who that's their sole thing that they do and I don't ever want to disrespect them uh, I learned like Delhi Carr is you know one of sports greatest mm. photographers for many reasons um, and I never want to be compared to him because I'm not a Delhi Carr but I'm learning a lot from him um, yeah uh, yeah it's funny yeah I mean that that makes you want to improve right mm -hmm. yeah for sure mm. it's that's only one of the things you do like in order yeah. to be able to have the business, I mean, Delhi can focus on photography. You have to really have your finger in different pots. And that's kind of where, that's where Sarah is too. Although totally. right now she, she's in the position, you're doing a bit more outsourcing, right, Sarah? You get to be the big boss lady. <laughs> I get to be the big boss. Turns out I'm better at um, business creation than, uh, than than videography and photography, <laughs> as it turns out, um, which is also a useful skill. But um, yeah, oh, we like, it's a skill like I don't have. I'm rubbish at that. <laughs> Delegating, I'm rubbish at it. I'm it's learning. hard. Like it's hard mm. to like you know when you have like your baby and it's your thing. It's hard to mm. like delegate people and let people you know have and let people make mistakes and learn from them too. Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> totally. Well, just the other week, someone, um, so one of my biggest things with social media is, or, or in any, anything, interviews or whatever, you have to spell the athlete's name correctly. Like, it's just have that respect for the athletes. Same as when, and I'm rubbish at pronunciations and I will get them wrong, but I will say, look, I'm trying to get it right. It's not that I haven't done my research. It's just that I'm struggling to get, you know, my tongue around it. Um, but yeah, one of someone who did our social media the other week, uh, wrote Miranda Carfrey and I didn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just, it was, um, it was this, Paper. it was, mm -hmm. so she knows well and truly who, you know, Marinda is, mm -hmm. but really was straight onto it, giving me shit. And I'm like, it wasn't me if I'd ever do that, but I can't respond like that because I am, I am wits up. So I had to respond in an Australian smart ass way, which I know I did. I can't remember what I said, but it, it is things like that, that I'm like, Ooh, damn it. But yeah. they'll never make that mistake again. We've had those before. How big, how big is your team now? Like how many people work for you and with you? Well, good question. Cause there's kind of 
people sort of all over the place and we're in the middle of, um, I guess, trying to really tighten what the team looks like. But I guess the, the core of the team, there's five of us. Um, and then, yeah, I guess there's other people who do little bits and pieces and contributors who don't necessarily sit on, in on meetings but will contribute feature articles or, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's grown. Um, how's, how have things changed? Like, I'm curious, cause I know like things changed a lot for us during COVID and the fact that we're online, like actually played to our favor a little bit, but do, do you, um, how have things, have you changed things? Have you pivoted in any substantial ways? Um, substantial. I, uh, I don't know if you'd be, if you'd say substantial, um, Definitely day to day, obviously. Um, but one of our, you know, one of the biggest things that we did was tr- travel to so many events and and co- cover races. Um, yeah. And we we would get a lot of feedback about our coverage. You know, the oh, finally someone's actually talking about the women. You know, that that yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, uh, so obviously we can't do that. I think the biggest pivot um, is, I guess, the my mindset, which is. I have to keep reminding myself, why am I doing this? What, like, what at the, what is at the core of Wits Up? Why did I start this? Um, and a lot of that is telling stories and inspiring people. So it's, you know, how do we tell stories differently? Um, but also, I'm like, I'm hyper aware that every woman, man, and their dog can, starts a podcast, or mm-hmm. you know, does a, an interview on Instagram because they can. Um, so how do you break through that noise? Um, you know, so that, that's the, I guess that's the things that we've been looking at and also trying to figure out how to earn money because a lot of our, um, income may have been from partnerships at events. Um, um, advertising is, you know, another one of the revenue, um, sources, but when, when, you know, globally I'm, I'm talking, a lot of businesses and brands just shut the doors like um, and said, we're not, we're not spending. So we had to, you know, try and figure out where we're going to earn money. Um, So that's been, and I'm still trying to figure it out. And I think it's going to take a while to figure out. I don't think I'm ever going to nail it, but we're still just trying to, you know, the world's changing every day. Right. Mm -hmm. So, well, I, before, but this is pre COVID you launched the Patreon side Mm. of things. So for, mm. for people who aren't uh, familiar, it's, it's like a subscription model and you mm. get um, access to, uh, to unique uh, podcasts and like that's not open to the general public. That's pretty much it, right? Um, yeah, yeah. How you describe a subscription model? I mean, people like everybody has Netflix. People know what subscriptions are. Yeah, it's um, kind of subscription membership type of. Style. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly, and that that's something that like you had done before, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm guessing that you've put a little bit maybe more attention on that, or like is that something um, that you see the business growing more towards? Is that kind of exclusive uh, I- look into triathlon? Yeah, I think so. And I think that's um, sports in general. A lot mm. of sports are taking that kind of model. Um, I've tried to, I've, I really try and look outside of triathlon to see what I can learn um, from other sports, but also other industries um, and how they, 
do things. Um, but yeah, I think currently that's the only way we can really earn money. Um, and yeah, there's meant to be, so one of the, one of the other things that we had with Patreon, like we had a deal say with Ironman Oceana, uh, where, you know, we would cover a certain amount of races and, you know, give them a certain amount of coverage and exposure. And in return, they'd pay for advertising and get us to a certain amount of events um, give us maybe some free race entries. So that was some of the stuff that we were going to try and um, offer our members, but then all the races dried up. So that, that was a big, you know, if we could save someone $800 Australian dollars um, for an Ironman race. And if you are a member, like if you won that, that would pay for your membership easily for a couple of years, but we don't have that anymore. So now I need to think of different ways of providing for our, for our members um, but, but on top of that, I think one of the, and you guys, I assume from, from following what you guys do, you've got a really good community, like a really supportive community. And a lot of it is, I guess, being open and vulnerable and saying, look, this is, if you do truly appreciate what we do, this is what, what we need in return to, to survive. Um, and $5 a month from you uh, may not be very much, but if we get quite a few people doing that, that will help us to continue to bring you those inspiring stories and behind the scenes. And so like, I, I don't always feel like everything, we don't have to always give extra. It's that people believe in the message that you're creating and what you're trying to achieve and the path that you're on with what, because anyone who knows me and knows what's up in the team and knows what you guys are trying to do, we're not trying to do it to be, we're not in it for the money like yeah. that. That is for sure. <laughs> so, you know, um, I think people really get behind the the authenticity of the message that we're putting out there. And I assume it's the same with you. Um, and I feel like, yeah, when God, heck, we have to give people stuff to believe in right now more than ever. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I actually think too, it's like, it's, it's the future of media too, to own the audiences. Like I think, mm. um, you know, previously, you know, obviously went off of a lot of advertising and brands paying in to be associated with your audience. Um, but I think like, and that's still, I mean, I think we both make some money that way, but um, I definitely think like even big brands, like even when I talked to Kelly about Triathlete Magazine, right? Like they're trying to figure out sorry Kelly I'm, I'm now telling this but they're like they're like you know they're bigger than us um and they're trying to figure out how to um and, and in media terms they're not that big I get that but like tr still trying to figure out like how do we keep this wheel turning when media is changing so much and like mm. even big media outlets are going to more towards um what would be like owning your community and membership and then serving that community in in some mm. ways that are paid and then some ways that continue to be unpaid or free or, or open with, with the content, mm. right? So totally. um, I, I think that like continuing to think down those roads is going to be like doing it. We're kind of doing it now. Um, mm. And in a few years, like some of the bigger media companies that can't rely on big advertising dollars coming in are, are going to have to follow. So we're just like, mm. we're just paving the way. Totally. Absolutely. <laughs> it's yeah, it's uh it's an interesting beast. I actually saw um, Susan, is it Lackey or Susan Lack? Lackey. I think it's Lackey or Lakey. L Lakey. I think you um, can have the E on the end. Okay. Sorry, Susan. I should know that. That's <laughs> pretty poor form. Uh, 
But she, I saw her post something uh, just the other day. Essentially, there was a paywall f for some content that they created. Uh, and someone had essentially called her out saying she was greedy and why should they pay? And it's like, this is part of, part of what we are trying to, ch and I say we as in everyone in this chat and, you know, your whole team, we, we almost need to re-educate people that this stuff isn't for, it isn't for free. There's so much hard work that goes on behind the scenes. We're not just going to Kona and having a laugh. Like we love our jobs, but there is so much work involved and I feel like there's a lot of re-educating um, and, and a lot in the triathlon world as well. Like there's, I don't feel like there's many sports where, you know, age groupers expect to be sponsored by a bike company. Like, you know, so it's a, it's a really interesting space, I think, our sport. Um, and I do feel like there needs to be a lot of educating or re-educating um, to, to a lot of the consumers out there for sure. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I think like if people understood that like it used to be that there was only like media only appeared in certain places, right? And they had the mm. whole freaking damn audience, right? And now it's like everyone can have an Instagram page. Everyone can like get like complete mm. open market. Loads of people have tons of following and brands have all kinds of choices of where they can put their money or not, or they can build their own following and have, you know, there's so many choices. So it's like the entire environment has changed and, and Folks need to understand that or none of us are going to survive. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's the truth. Mm -hmm. We just won't. And mate, the past, I reckon the first lockdown, I, I had more than one breakdown. And I think I even said to you, um, Groffy, Groffalo, um, <laughs> that <laughs> um, I just, I completely was losing my way. I'm so, what am I, what am I fighting so hard for? Cause we are, every day we do this, we are fighting. And again, don't get me wrong. I, and I pretty sure I can speak for you as well. We love what we do, but it is, it is constantly pushing uphill. And in our first lockdown, I was like, I've been doing this for 10 years. And I really felt like, what have I achieved? And I like, I know when I actually think about it, I've achieved a lot, but you know, I'm talking to Brady and Frank is asleep in the room next door. And I'm like, I've, I've been working so hard for so long and I don't even know if I can afford to, you know, where's her next meal. Like it, honestly, that's where it's kind of been. I'm like, what? Yeah. Anyway, that doesn't mean, I don't mean that to sound like a sob story, but I just, I, I want people to realize that it's, it's, it's real. And this is, this is where we're at. I think the problem is the, the age we live in, we just have too many options with content mm. and we're just flooded with it that we mm. don't, we don't put a human face behind mm. the creation part of it and realize that there's a lot of work that goes into every article, every video, every, you know, everything that's out there and the better the content, the more work that goes in. Um, and it's like you said, because everybody now has an iPhone, they think that, uh, they can create, you know, everybody has a microphone, they can create a podcast. I mean, come on, Sarah, what are we thinking? Um, <laughs> that's who I was referring to. Seriously, seriously. Yeah, I have to say it did, it, the space was open, like rogue, <laughs> rogue media could like come in and like find a microphone and go. <laughs> No, but it's, I, I think we all have to kind of step back and, and value creation a bit more um, and value 
uh, actually last last week, uh, Sarah and I were talking about Stacey Sims and just Sarah had to be part of the process to get Stacey to value her time more and what mm -hmm. she had to contribute to the world. And sometimes that means putting a price tag on that. Mm -hmm. And people just have this expectation that they're going to get things for free. That's not fair for either party because mm. as a consumer, you're not you're not completely valuing what you're what you're taking in if it's free, mm. and it's definitely not fair from the other standpoint. So it's mm. like it's it's definitely a cultural shift that we need to see more of. And I think it's happening. Mm. Like I kind of see that where like you have now generations that have grown up with the internet completely, right? So there are like folks are used to being flooded with this all the time and they can identify good content better and are probably willing to pay for it or, or are willing to pay into and I think this is where the subscription model is good like their their own people in their own community like I mm. want to I want to pay for the thing where the person's going to send me exactly what I want because it's like my people were like-minded um, and, I, and I think they'll be oh sorry <laughs> like like whacking my microphone talk about like amateurs um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to our first podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I so I, I do see that shift kind of happening um, mm. more and more, especially as more and more people start to offer things like subscription models and memberships um, for content uh, that people become used to it. They become accustomed to being asked for mm. money for that, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, Steph, what is the, what is this um, new direction that you've taken? I've like heard a little bit about it and I really want to like the, the new, what are we going to call it? Do you have a new initiative? Raw? Yeah. Well, not other projects. Like what, what's getting you fired up about the future that you're working on? Um, so, well, so we launched the raw podcast, which uh, um, sorry, Frankie and Brady have just come home. So you may get an appearance from my little friend at some stage. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I'm trying to take time to, to really listen. Um, I don't know about you. Like I find it hard to, I don't, I don't, um, I guess when we're talking about value, I don't value my time enough because I don't, I don't like putting dollar figures on things. I'm rubbish at it. I've always been rubbish at it. I love numbers, but as soon as you put a dollar sign in it in front of it, I, I crumble. I'm no good at it. Um, I don't even know where I was going down that line, but anyway, I, I'm trying to take the time to listen to what people are saying in terms of what they value about me and what I, what I do. And a lot of the feedback that I, I seem to get is that, I have an ability to talk to people and allow them to open up. Um, I guess because I, I I'm not afraid of looking like an idiot, clearly. Um, I'm not af afraid of being vulnerable. Um, and I feel like that opens up opportunities for other people to be vulnerable and honest and authentic as well. And I just, I seem to keep getting that feedback, which is such amazing feedback. And I'm, it, I'm stoked that that's what, it, what is out there. And it just made me think, well, what can I do that actually can make a difference, particularly uh, with what's going on in the world or the many things that are going on in the world right now? And I thought, well, let's, let's try and find conversations that I can have with people that um, other people may not necessarily have because they might be too scared to ask those questions. Um, and the most obvious one at the moment is 
um, issues around the Black Lives Matter. Um, I hate saying movement because I feel like that's just a like a once-off thing. It, like this is a, a lifestyle. Like this is a change forever, not just a movement moment in time. I feel like that's that's the way. It's a I reckoning, a cultural reckoning. reckoning. Yes, I like that. Um, so yeah, that's when I, I, we came up with the idea of the Raw podcast, um, and our first person was doc, Dr. Shauna Payne-Gold, who you guys have had on a couple, a couple of times in different... Mm, Shauna's yeah, amazing. Think, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just, I mean, I learned so much, but she's just an awesome woman. I, I just wanted to talk to her. She's just yeah. amazing. Um, and I love that she uses humour as a way of getting away, getting her points across. And that is, that's me. Like, I'm... I think comedy is one of the most undervalued and underused platforms in telling stories um, because it's what it's what resonates with me is is comedy. We're gonna have to take a quick break as my little friends just oh. walked in. Um, I I I would like to say that Sarah had a troll that told her women aren't funny. So I just oh. wanted to let you know that our entire gender, according to this one man. <laughs> oh, that would have fired me up um imagine being do you know what do you know what actually just sidebar if you don't mind I've, I've got a feeling that that's what this is all about right yeah i my goal by the end of this year it's, it's not going to happen this year because of obvious reasons but i want to throw my hat in the ring and attempt stand-up comedy yeah yes. what do you reckon yeah that sounds awesome yeah you'd be good i just I don't know. Well, I mean, I love banter, but stand-up comedy is so different to like improv and standing there telling jokes and telling stories. I don't know. I think it will, part of me just thinks I'll be okay to it, but part of me is like, that has got to be one of the scariest things to do. But I love making people laugh. So I'm like, I, I'm going to, I'm going to try and give it a crack. Do you want to try it out with us? I have no material. Oh. <laughs> I have nothing do you, planned. Do you need material? <laughs> is that, is, that a, is planning a requirement? <laughs> a, a little bit. <laughs> okay. But yeah. just, just imagine when you get over that hurdle. I know. And how, they all talk. Just... And they all. So one of my things that I learned, um, I can't remember what it was. It was last year sometime. Someone, oh, I was on an International Women's Day panel and I'd come back. It was the day, actually, the day after I got back from Ironman New Zealand last year and I had Frankie with me. I was travelling solo. Um, so I had to drive like six hours from one end of New Zealand to the other and then jump on an international flight to get home. And then the next day, we had the uh, the panel and Brett came with me as well so that he could watch Frankie because I was still breastfeeding and because of the time differences, we just didn't know how things... Anyway, I was on this panel, felt so underprepared, but I was just, I was quite um, different to the other panellists because they were very, not in a bad way, very rehearsed, very meticulous with their answers and I was just like, me. But someone said, oh, I loved your authenticity. We'd love to get you to come in and do an, um, like a keynote speech for our work. And I was like, that is, that's not what I do. <laughs> like I, and I kept saying no. And I was like, oh, I'll have a crack. And I bombed 
so bad, no exaggeration. I was hormonal because I don't know how old Frankie was, can't remember, but it, it was the way, it actually makes me still sweat now because I was so embarrassed and I hate letting people down. I got up on stage and it was like all the words on the page flew away. I cried on stage, like it was terrible. But I was like, from there, let's be a stand-up comedian. Because I was like, that's such a fear and I love a challenge and I want to get better at that. So that's where the whole stand-up comedian thing came from, was from one of my failures, which was the abysmal, terrible keynote speech. Getting messages from you after that. And I'm like, for sure she's exaggerating. You're like, I am not exaggerating. Total bomb. It was a shit show. It was, (laughs) yeah, it was the word. Like, oh God, it was so bad. But we've all they been say, there in different ways and it's okay you know exactly it's okay. yeah we all it have is okay it totally <laughs> it's hard for me to imagine you being bad on a mic like do you think that that's because it was like just you versus like the kind of back and forth banter that you're really good at so i think the biggest issue is i because i don't like they said to me go up and be inspirational and stuff and just be yourself and, yeah and i just that's not what I do. And they had, what they picked out from the panel was that I was just authentic and, you know, kind of ad-libbed and stuff. And I was just, I was trying to be someone that I wasn't. And I think that's where I completely failed because I was trying to, you know, write everything down and make it so, and here's, you know, and these are the three C's of success in it. Like that, oh God, I cringe. Cause that's just not who I am. If you want to get something from what I say, awesome like if, the, if you walk away going oh yeah that sort of resonated awesome but i i'm not the person to go up and go i'm going to inspire you today i'm not like a shooter mcgavin tony robbins it's not me right yeah <laughs> so Interesting, yeah it was like that you like you i think that's that's that the part that just that i just related to a lot is like trying to be something inauthentic is mm. what cause even though you're like amazing on a microphone and you're really good at standing in front of people and talking like that's not the point right because that's what that's what like I was seeing like how don't you do it wrong but if you're yeah. feeling like you're trying to be someone that you're not that yeah like we all fall down in those moments I think totally yeah. and it was that real gut like I've always just been a person who follows my gut and I felt sick out there I'm like this is actually my body saying this is mm. not you it's like every part of me but I was sweating so much. Mm-hmm. Like my jacket, I couldn't take my jacket off because my entire top was soaked. And it was my body actually going, what are you doing? Hmm. I feel anyway, like there's a, there's like an irony in that like you telling that story has now created like a moment of inspiration. Like- I was gonna say that. And I'm like, <laughs> Steph is totally gonna take the piss if I say that. But I wanted to do- <laughs> Like typical Aussie's gonna be like, oh, but totally. <sighs> No, I, so lame. Okay, you cannot listen, cynical Aussie, but the North Americans were like inspiration. Yeah, we're like goosebumps moment. Oh my god! Hey, everyone out there, I can see these two lovely women on the screen. They're both crying, it's tears of joys. They're dabbing, they're dabbing the the tears from their eyes. <laughs> oh god! What was the question? <laughs> I I don't know. I'm I'm the worst at being interviewed sorry no we don't do interviews here we just have casual conversations (laughs) Uh, 
I think the initial question was what you're looking forward to in the future. And you did a great job of answering it. So good, okay. good job. Stand okay. up. I have. Okay, da, 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 da. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, let's take our last break. And then I have um, one more question for Steph about some of her favorite moments building Wits Up. Hey, Sarah, I have a riddle for you. What's refreshing, oh. great, any time of day, and super awesome. Oh my gosh, is it the If We Were Riding podcast? Oh no, wait, by the look on your face, it's not. It's <laughs> it's noon. Yes! It's noon, isn't it? Ding, ding, ding! You got the answer! Woo! Okay, friends, seriously, Noon Hydration has been a sponsor of Live Feisty and this very podcast for a couple of years. They are amazing. They are supportive. And we all get 30% off with the new code, note the new code, Live Feisty. Um, at noonlife.com. So use the code livefeisty, E before I, at noonlife.com. We grossly, as in, in a big way, and truly want to thank our sponsor, Noon Hydration, for supporting If We Were Riding. If you love us, or even kind of like us, or maybe just like our content, you can make sure we grow through our Patreon campaign at patreon.com forward slash livefeisty. And also make sure you talk to us on Instagram at if we were riding. We love talking to people on Instagram, especially on the stories. If you want to send us a voicemail, record a voice memo on your phone and send it to Sarah at livefeisty.com. That's Sarah with no H, me at livefeisty.com. And remember the I comes after the E if you're feisty. We also love reviews on iTunes and written messages from you joining the conversation. If We Were Riding is a Live Feisty Media production hosted by Sarah True and me, Sarah Gross. Our editor and producer is Taylor Mahan Okay, sorry, Sarah. I just totally changed the run list at the last minute on us. But I, I, I do, I definitely like, I feel like Steph, you might be someone who has a couple of moments along the way that stand out for you in building a media company. Again, I asked you if I had any homework for this and it would have been really <laughs> nice to prepare something. Um, I just made up the question two seconds well, ago. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just here thinking if I asked that of you, Sarah, like, would no. you be able to be able to come up with some pithy answer? It's a hard yeah, question. That's Until a hard you start question. talking, when you start talking, yeah. you're like, ooh, 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 ooh. Um, uh, in terms of building, um, I, I, okay, well, I don't know if it really answers the building, the, but the moments that stand out was um, definitely when Caroline Stefan came to the launch. That's one of my all-time favourite stories um, and such a vivid memory um, helps that we got photos as well, so I can actually see it too. But uh, the other one where I felt like we really made, you know, because we we all talk about trying to make a difference and equality and everything, but it's sometimes it's hard to see the the changes that you make because they can be so tiny. Um, and it's it's it is it's a movement over over time, and it's just you have to keep doing it, otherwise you won't make changes. But sometimes it's really hard to see to see those. Um, but one time, and it was at Ironman Melbourne, um, and I can't remember 
I can't remember what year, sorry. But essentially, um, it was streamed live because it was the Asia Pac champs. So all the men finished, great race was streamed live. Um, and then I'm pretty sure it was actually Caroline again that year, um, crossed the line first. And let's say they did around eight, 8.50, which is, you know, sub nine, although sub nines fall all over the place these days, but sub nine was the benchmark, right? It was when you went sub nine, it was such a big deal. And it is still a big deal. Don't get me wrong. Um, but so went sub nine and then the live stream cut off and we didn't get to see second and third. And my Twitter would lit up. Can't believe they cut off, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I looked at it and I was like, well, okay, I can jump on the bandwagon and be pissed off at Ironman as well and tweet about it. Or I'm actually going to go in there and ask them what happened. So what had happened, um, and this is where I guess a bit of casual sexism comes into it, um, or lazy, people not, not doing their job and not understanding um, how, how this event works. So they had a TV company that had come in and they, had, they were doing it all. They get given a brief, right? So make sure you cover first, second and third across the line um, and then you can stop fil filming um, after nine hours. So we need you till say 3 p.m. So that's when they're like, this is what we need you for. And then we're going to stop paying you at three o'clock because that's when everyone will be across the line, the top three men and women, mm -hmm. but not, not, not fully understanding how at 3 PM was the nine hour cutoff for women. So for women to go under nine hours is a monumental effort. So not one person went, mm, that might be cutting it a bit tight to get three women across the line in sub nine. Like that is a phenomenal effort. Yeah. Um, no, it doesn't happen very often where the top three go under nine in a race. So, but the TV crew don't know that they're just being told that they need to stop at three. So that's what had happened. So what had happened? Iron Man weren't going, ah, screw the women. We don't give a shit, but they hadn't done any research about the athletes knowing roughly what times they might finish. They hadn't allowed for any leeway. They just hadn't thought of thought it through because the men would be covered, no drummers, but the women were, an absolute afterthought. Yeah. So I spoke to them mm -hmm. um, and essentially said, I will be writing about this tomorrow. So you've, you've got an opportunity to say we stuffed up or otherwise we're just going to pretty much come at you. And, and so they actually admitted that they were wrong. And then they gave us footage of first, second and third and pulled together an extra clip that, and they allowed us to post it the next day. And I was like, that's, I mean, <laughs> that was a big moment for me because I, I felt like I actually called them out face to face and said, no, 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 it's not good enough. You can't just say it was an accident. It was an accident because you didn't do your due diligence and it shouldn't be happening. And it, that kind of thing hasn't happened in the Asia pack region. Again, I can't speak for the rest of the world. Um, but to me, that was a real pivotal moment where I felt like I definitely had a voice and I could make a real change. That's a, that's a great story. I think, you mm. know what I like that's standing out for me there? I was having trouble not jumping in. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm so excited about your story. <laughs> like, I'm hard to interrupt oh. as well. Sorry. <laughs> that was so good. Um, <laughs> I think that's a great, like a classic example of like institutionalized sexism. Mm. Right? And so like, you know, a lot of people find that, that 
difficult to understand what that is. Like if you're not standing mm-hmm. up and saying, I hate women, then you're not mm-hmm. sexist or I hate black people, then you're not racist. Like mm-hmm. people don't understand. That's what, that's what it is. It's like a series of decisions are made by a number of people that's like kind of baked into a culture that doesn't take into account when the women's race will finish. And then you end mm-hmm. up with a poor decision being made. And so like, there's not Correct. one person there trying to do wrong by the women. Um, and in fact, when confronted with it, like you did, which was great, by the way, like they, they try to make it right. Mm. Right. So it's that unintentional piece. That's kind of like, like baked into the way decisions are made in situations like that, that, um, that is institutionalized sexism. Mm -hmm. But if you had somebody in the decision-making in, in the room where the decision is made, who understands women's professional triathlon, they would have been like, Hey, Nine hours is a that's a very high bar for the top three women to clear. So and like this is all it takes is one person in the room. To, okay, so that room is called it, well, it's part of the because I remember this as well. Um, the there was like the media room slash um, race organizers, like it was all under one marquee. And they would have their TV crew meetings in the same room that I'd be in there, like prepping stuff and I, like, I think about that quite often. And I was like, I was in that room. I, I didn't know what they were talking about. But it was so easy for someone to go, do you know what? We're not an expert. Hey, Steph, what do you think? Do you reckon? But like we spoke about at the very start of this podcast, in terms of working together as, and, you know, not trying to, you know, like uh, you guys cross over with what part of what we do, but instead of fighting each other, we'll try, try and work together when we can type of thing. And that was very apparent that that wasn't going to happen in that room. Um, and that's still a fight, you know, that I have today. Like there's so many races that I'm at um, where I am tweeting about the women's race and the women's race alone. And in, you know, Iron Man or Challenger, whoever, should be working with me. Like, here's all this stuff that I've got for you guys. And I don't own this information here. I just want everyone to know what's happening. Mm. Spread the word. Um, and the, the, I've got to say, the Asia Pacific crew have worked with me closely in the past maybe four years in terms of being a race spotter because I'm out there doing it anyway. So why not use me at the same time like I'm there? Um, but... But yeah, I, can I quickly tell you another story about, sorry, about the institution, institutional, what do you call it? Institutional sexism. sexism. Mm-hmm. So back to that, and I'm really pissed at myself because I never pulled this guy up on it. Um, but back at that uh, International Women's Day event, there was a, 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 an ex-pro cyclist on the panel as well. And he's all like, he's really good with with women's cycling and everything. But I brought up a story about, and I'm not going to remember the, where it was, but there was a race where the men's cycling um, race went first and then the women's race went, I don't know, th- let's say 30 minutes behind. No one expected any of the women to catch the men because no one had actually done the research about how impressive some of these women were. So what had happened is, and I apologize because I do not remember the name of the event or the uh, cyclists, um, but one I of think the it was cyclists- the Tour de California. Was it that duh? one? I just put duh in there as if it's the Tour de France. Duh, duh. Tour, the I tour. thought it was in Europe, um, but I could be wrong. No. Oh, the, it could have happened more than once. Yeah, prob- well, probably. But one of them caught the men's race, the back of the men's race. Now the men could have just been soft pedaling for the majority of the race and she just happened to have a really good day. Who cares? Whatever it was, the woman 
caught one of the women caught the men's pack. So what they did was they stopped the women's race, but the men's race could keep going. So, and I get it. Like you can't have them mixing in together. Like it completely changes the dynamics of the race. But my question was, why does the women's race get affected, but not the men's? Uh, how is that fair? And anyway, this guy was on the panel as well. was like, well, that wasn't really sexist. It was an organizational error. And we were under the pump and the microphone got taken off me. And I was like, but the whole point is that it was never thought about. And again, the women's race suffers because of decisions not made prior to the event going ahead. And that is institutional um, sexism. And Mm -hmm. that's the kind of shit that needs to stop. And needs to be called out because, yeah. again, if you don't call it out, they don't, they don't realise. And I'm not saying that any one of those race organisers were assholes, and I'm sure that they're lovely people, but you got to think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. You're so right. I have, I have like a related question. We're doing a very long last segment here, but that's fine. <laughs> um, are you, what, do you feel accepted by like, the mainstream triathlon media and and if so like when did that when did you cross the line on that oh that's a fantastic question um it took a long time uh but i think yeah i don't know oh god i don't know uh because sometimes i i still find that i have to fight a bit um and it even can come down to being at the finishing line of an event and trying to get a spot to take photos of the women. Um, one example, so I can't answer your actual question because I, I can't remember a time when it actually completely changed. I think it's sort of been evolving and still we're behind sometimes and then sometimes I'm ahead. Um, but at a race, I so what happens, just to break it down, at a race, I'm on the back of a motorbike for the majority of the race. Um, other media people on the back of motorbike photographers, whoever, and then the men's race is about to finish. So they all go to the finishing line to cover the men's race. And that's, that's fine. Like they've got to cover the men's race, but there's no one left out there for the remainder of the women's race. So let's say it's anywhere between 45 minutes to an hour after the men's race of racing to go. And that a lot can happen in that last hour of an, especially of an iron distance race. Uh, No, especially of any race really. So they'll all go there, but I'm still talking about the women's race, tweeting, taking photos. So then I leave it to the last second to then get to the finishing line to then get my finishing line shot. But I get there and everybody else is already in position, already got their spot. And, you know, you get a few of the elbows like, well, I've been here the whole time. I'm like, yeah, but I've been doing my job the whole time, which is the women. So can we maybe work together? And there's a lot of, at some of the big events, there's a lot of, too bad so sad type of thing which is super frustrating when we should be working together and there's no reason why you know stand up a bit taller and i'll duck down below you um doesn't happen at all the events but that's certainly one where um yeah i've had to really sort of yeah hustle and bustle to try and get into a good spot it doesn't always happen um yeah (laughs) it's the the sorry the other time was and i won't name names because it's not about that but the, um i got a lot of grief for for quite a while by a couple of the men within the industry um and it was it was that very jokey jokey like 
oh, um, Steph's only doing half of the job because she's only covering half of the field type of thing. And I'm like, oh, it's, just, uh, yeah. no, uh, it's also really funny for the 100th time. Like, really get some new material. It's just like, come at me so I can actually have some banter with you, but I'm not bantering with you in the same joke every single finishing line. So there was a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, and one person was has been extremely like offensive, obnoxious, abusive to me in the past. But I they're no they're no longer in the sport. And I actually got a phone call from them not that long ago, like three or four months ago. And they said to me, I've been working on myself for a while. Um, and I know that I was not, I was a dick. And I know that you copped a lot of it. Um, and I apologize. And yeah, I was really taken aback. And they were like, I think I think I was jealous, which is why um, I was probably even more obnoxious to you. But I need to apologize and know that I'm working on myself and I'm a much better person. I think you're you're fantastic. And thanks for hanging in there. Um, wow. Yeah. It, yeah. Game changer. It was because they didn't have to do that. We we don't cross paths really at all yeah. anymore. Um, but that, that meant a lot. And it was funny. My instinct was to, or my first reaction was to go, Oh no, it's okay. Like, because I actually don't like conflict, but then I was like, no, you do need to know that you were a douchebag for quite some time. Um, and I just, you know, took it and did my job and got on with it. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know why I told that story, but I feel like People can change, but it, like you need to have some pretty thick skin because it, it's, it's a battle. And it's why we see people come and go a lot because, that, yeah, it's, it's hard. Yeah, we talked about it at the Outspoken Summit this year a lot, like about being the first in a space. Mm. And that was you in triathlon media and, and the first to be just covering the women and the first to be like, feisty if I may and like in there doing it like elbowing people out of the way um so and that's that's hard and it's um, it has an emotional toll mm, yeah yeah it's uh yeah it's interesting but it, and again I go back to like before I launched I never really felt like I was I wasn't equal so I feel like that's given me a lot of strength but I've certainly noticed it more so now um I guess because I feel like I I speak on behalf of a, a lot of women who don't feel equal or, or a, you, not that they don't you know what I mean like yeah, they don't feel yeah. like equal opportunities Opp like, yeah 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 um so I want to go into bat for them but it's also really hard because while, you know, I'm out there trying to, like you guys are as well, out there trying to make a difference, um, I, I, I truly don't like um, conflict. I don't like confrontation. Um, I'd much prefer to keep the peace. Mm -hmm. But if you get me on something that I'm pretty passionate about and feel very strongly about, then I am a dog with a bone. Like just, I almost, I almost want people to fight with me because it, it, really fires me up but everything else i'm like yeah whatever <laughs> i love it um thank you so much steph this has been such a great conversation i, I feel like we, we may have a record breaker in terms of length um sorry 
no 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 apology necessary i this was fantastic i'm so happy that you were able to come on yeah i think our thanks for having me and we got a little cameo from frankie woohoo but not henry next time no next time we're sitting next time on the drunk podcast oh Oh, yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh jesus Um, we have a couple announcements before we go or at least one one is that oh i see i forget about things that are going on in my business and then people text me while i'm recording and they're like sarah don't forget um we are opening the feisty team um again on friday so the day that this comes out um so that means if you're interested in signing up for the feisty team which is we're calling the feistiest team in triathlon or in endurance sport actually then um go to livefeisty.com and figure out what it is and decide if you want to sign up. Um, and Sarah and I are also taking a break from podcasting for two weeks. We're taking our little summer break and we'll be back in September. Um, so tears there. Steph, do you have any announcements, anything coming up, anything you want to? Uh, again, I asked you if I had homework and you just keep throwing <laughs> these curveballs at me. on your feet though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any announcement? Oh, we, we've, I can't say too much, but we've got, We've got something in the works that I am uh, excited about um, and I'm learning a lot. It's taking longer than I anticipated because I'm learning a lot along the way, uh, which, is, which is exciting. Is it the letter H? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> H is a fantastic letter. Can't wait till you master that one. <laughs> Have you figured out what H is yet? No. I've said the Hair. word hair you're going to you're going to give frankie a mullet oh my god no well m is going to be mullet you wing that (laughs) h is henry the dog oh see i I was going through like all the drag like the rupaul's drag show one and by the way that's the next episode. We can talk about that during our drunk episode. Um, can we just talk about RuPaul? I need to yeah, read with people yeah, on RuPaul's Drag sure. Race. While drunk, this would be the best podcast of all time. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> I, I love how much it shocks people when I tell them how obsessed I am with RuPaul's Drag Race. Because they, they're like, really? I just, I'm obsessed with it. It's yeah. such a great... But great show, the, com- the community around it. Anyway, Sarah, Groffy and I have had this conversation yeah. so many times. Our listeners don't Perfect need to fans. listen. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It was, yeah, what was the question? Uh, yeah, got stuff uh, coming up. Like yeah. the next episode of Canada's Drag Race. Yeah. So you, you have something that you're working on that you're really excited about, but you can't tell anybody. And it's not actually H for Henry. Correct. <laughs> That's a good summary. Yeah. Okay. I have nothing going on, um, but I'll let you know something changes. So that's my exciting life. (laughs) But if any of our listeners have reasons why they rock and would like to let us know, please send Sarah a voicemail. Uh, Sarah at livefeisty.com. Is that correct? Correct. Without an H. That is the name of the show. I'd like to acknowledge the two people that sent voicemails this week that we did not get to. So those, Oh yes. I have them in my back pocket and we're going to, we're going to pull them out when we come back in two weeks. And hopefully we'll have more than that by then. Cause hopefully people have reasons why they rock over the next couple of weeks. Totally. Anyway, thanks for listening. And we will fill your ears with our magical discord 
in a couple of weeks. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.